0: Hello, magical beings. Welcome back, or welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy, and I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here so they can up level with ease. You know, as long as I've been in personal development, I have been told that I have to be specific, that I have to make a vision board, that I gotta really talk it out. Like I gotta make a five-year plan. I've gotta be all strategic. And it has not felt good to me. It has felt like my soul is throwing a temper tantrum, like a full-fledged two-year-old lying face down the floor, kicking my arms or kicking my legs, flailing my arms, type of temper tantrum. And yet I've watched the people around me just be able to manifest these amazing things when they got super specific. So I tried it. And I tried it and I tried it and it didn't work for me. In fact, when I tried it, it felt like I completely disconnected from my flow, from the universe. And it was this really strange experience. I felt like I was doing it wrong. And then I discovered human design and there's something in our human design chart that indicates whether we're a specific manifestor or a general manifestor. Specific manifestors, they can get super, super specific, use vision boards, create those five-year plans, those visions, those strategies. General manifestors, turns out I'm one of them. When we do that stuff, we block our flow. So instead for us, the way is to say, universe, Please send me some signs. Please help steer me towards whatever is for the highest good of everyone involved. I'm sharing this with you right now because Shirley and I got into this in this episode. We talked about what we learned from Tosha Silver's work in It's Not Your Money and Outrageous Openness, and also from Florence Scovel Shin's work, which is the collected works, is what I'm reading. And it's all about offering. And Shirley Shirley inspired me so much during this conversation. She invited me to up-level my own offering practice. And I really hope that this conversation has the same effect on you. I hope it sprinkles some magic in your life. I hope it makes you giggle. I hope you feel Shirley's light. And I hope it invites you to step further into your magic And know that you are always supported, so supported, and so loved. Shirley Harvey is an artist and channel who uses her ability to channel directly from spirit to create beautifully unique sacred soul paintings for clients. Throughout all of her work, Shirley Shirley has been fascinated with capturing the true soul's essence and exploring the light and the dark aspects of our true nature, bringing all our parts back home to ourselves. Her paintings capture the dance between the light and the dark, the multifaceted dimensions of our truth, using sacred color, sometimes sacred geometry, and sacred sound. She weaves ritual and prayer into all her work, building layers of love light energy into each work of art. Shirley is love light. This conversation completely changed well, definitely my energy for that day. And I'm still inspired by it. And we recorded this weeks ago. My friends, I just, I can't wait to hear where this episode takes you. So please reach out to me and Shirley on social media, share this episode, tag us. I'm at Kelsey Abbott CPC. Shirley is Shirley Harvey. Let's have a conversation. Let's step into this. Let's recognize that we are all different, and some people have this ability to manifest super specifically, and some of us don't. And every single way to do it is completely magical and completely aligned. That's all I got for you now. Enjoy this conversation. Go forth and be awesome. really Harvey I'm so excited you're here
1: thank you me too <laughs> you are such a
0: magical being in fact you're you're kind of like the when I picture a magical being if I had to have that that like statement embodied in human form it's you
1: oh my god really <laughs> yeah yeah wow,
0: that's... I remember when I first met you I was like oh look at that light you're just like a bouncing ball of light, and I I love it.
1: Wow! Thank you. That's that's so like just blown my heart open in such a beautiful, magical way. So thank you.
0: You're welcome. I'm. It's an honor to know you, and I'm so excited to share you with all the listeners. Awesome. Show away. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's start. You've been doing these incredible paintings.
1: Yeah.
0: You're sharing. You've, you've got some really cool videos of your process of doing it um and I know people are commissioning them what is this all about you put so much magic into it what are you
1: doing so, I worked out and realized um through a process of doing um sort of rediscovering art which I'll share with you later if you like because it's a super interesting story but I discovered that I could channel through my paintings like I could be the channel of whatever needed to come manifest into form onto paper and uh and then I realized that I can actually do this for people so I can tap into like your soul's highest essence and then I can create that as a visual piece of artwork for you. How did you discover this? Okay so (laughs) (laughs) I need to go like so far back for this story to emerge like I did my my degree was in fine arts I was always encouraged with my art it was all I ever did as a kid but I was always told like enjoy it now you won't be able to do it when you grow up like you won't make money at it it won't be anything you can do and so I did my degree and always even my degree show was about coming home to myself it was about finding this like going on this journey and then finding the soul within me and so i did like this like little cartoon sort of i did illustration it was all about this little girl called dorothy and she's on a journey and you never see her face and she's always like getting over obstacles and finding ways like around things and it's not pretty and and then eventually she sort of comes to the seaside and you see her for the first time and she meets jonathan livingston seagull who was it was a book in the 70s written about enlightenment about a seagull who learned to fly and he taught her to fly so then she just flies off and that was my final degree show and then I never did art again until I moved to Montreal 12 years later and meanwhile I had studied and become a professional homeopath and so had gone down an even more esoteric and sort of energy way of looking at life like looking at health and disease and seeing it all connected like you couldn't help but go really deep within that as to like what causes disease and 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 all the time it's being out of soul alignment it's not being aligned with who we are meant to be and so I landed in Montreal as a mum to a five-year-old and a wife to a great guy who had a job here from England and I suddenly couldn't practice homeopathy anymore and before I'd left England, I did this like, nine-month business mentoring, wanting a business that was more authentic to me. And the answer, like, I got the answer literally on the last, like, day of that mentoring. And it was, like, a week before I flew out. And I literally just turned around to the mentor and said, I don't want to be a homeopath anymore. I want to be an artist. And then we flew out to Montreal, and then I couldn't be an art- a homeopath here because I couldn't, like, there was too much red tape to jump through. And I remember... Uh, so a little bit of backstory. within two months of landing here, well, even less than that, we landed in mid-November and by December, January, me and my husband had started to process to split up. So we had come as a family and within two months, we were splitting up um, and I remember just feeling completely lost, forlorn on the other side of the world. My family had pretty much disowned me at this point because they were super angry about it and they didn't understand. And, and I remember just getting this message in my head, like, go to the park and take some scrap paper. And I went to the park and they said, and I sat on a bench and they said, look down at your feet. So I looked at my feet and there's a pen. And it was like pick it up, so I picked it up, and I'm like, you know, sort of schizophrenic at this point. <laughs> it's like all these voices in my head, stop it! <laughs> and, and, uh, and they just said start drawing, and the pen had like was just an old, like ballpoint pen that was running out, and I just started drawing, and it was like it was like my body was taken over, and spirit had hold of my hand, and I was just doing these spiral, spiral, spiral after spiral after spiral. Never taking my pen off the paper, and I'm like watching this process happening in front of me in like sheer disbelief. And there's a guy on the bench doing the same, like looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I don't know, I feel it too. Don't worry. <laughs> and then I drew this snail from the most amazing perspective that I would never have chosen. And I remember just thinking, like, holy, holy moly! Like, more. you can swear. Okay, I'm trying not to because my son is now making me do a chicken dance every time I swear. Because <laughs> he swore at me the other day and I'm like, whoa, this has got to stop. And, so, and, uh, and then like spirit stayed with me a few times and would do these paint drawings with me. And then they got worse and worse until I was just scribbling on paper, like looking up at the sky going, come on, make my arm work. <laughs> and the message was like, they, I don't need spirit. I can do this. And then I started just drawing myself and I opened up two Etsy shops and I used to do, um, I, one of my Etsy shops, well, both of my Etsy shops are so animals doing human things. So I had like, I had like a menagerie of all these beautiful watercolor animals, like very realistic looking animals, but sat there like drinking cups of coffee in coffee shops or skateboarding or riding bikes or reading a book. Like really, you know, I used to explore like the aspects of humanity within animals. But it was like, whenever I drew an animal, I would never really know what was gonna show up on the paper. And then this little character would suddenly appear and the minute I painted his eyes, it would be like, oh, hello there, like, who are you? And so I, I learned like very quickly that I wasn't, these weren't coming from me, but through me. And I was just the perfect channel to bring them into manifest form. And then when I, last year, I started working with um, amazing woman coach, Tamara Arnold, who like really helped me sort of find my own stardust. And, and I just said to her, like, I have this whim of wanting to do large abstract paintings. I've never done them before. I, I, I just have this whim that I'm going to, I want to do. And, I, and then I did it and I was really good at it. Like, <laughs> like it seems to be the case whenever I start anything with like art I'm, I can just do it straight away and and then I could see these the, the lights coming through and I could feel the essence of the, what I was painting and I felt very much like each painting was a channel of like a specific person or energy and then they were finding those homes and then I started taking on commissions and doing it for people as well and so I've just realized that I can do that one of the ones I've just done I actually even was able to channel light language while I was doing her painting, because that's what her painting needed. So, and they had it had like layers and layers of different sort of crystalline light and different colors. And and there's like times when I was just meditating in front of it, just sending it pure unconditional love. And so these, the layers build up and then I can do these paintings. So it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. And each one's like a new discovery. So um, yeah. Okay, wait. So right now,
0: people are probably like, "What do these look like?" So how can they see them? See some of your works, uh,
1: ShirleyHarvey.com.
0: Okay, we'll get we'll get yeah. into all of your stuff later, but just if you're like, I need to see some Shirley Harvey work, yeah. Go to ShirleyHarvey.com.
1: ShirleyHarvey.com and Instagram is at Shirley Harvey too, and you can even see some of the animals on my Instagram kind kind if you scroll down far enough, like. <laughs> I mean I don't do any of that now and that's not online now but you can see some of the ones I used to do um, I've even written books and illustrated them myself again exploring about coming back to our soul coming back into alignment with ourselves and and including all the parts of ourselves so with my paintings very much they are a play with light and dark there is this essence of of the dance between the light and the darkness and again it's about coming into alignment and and acknowledging all the aspects of ourselves because then we're whole and complete, but we're never whole and complete if we're judging our anger or if we're judging our depression or if we, you know, feel like that's not allowed. We're not allowed to feel fear. Like, you know, I feel, I I think that sometimes the law of attraction and spirituality has not done people favors in the sense that people want to kind of, they think they have to be positive all the time. And then it's like, well no like you're allowed to feel really deep grief and i have had so much deep grief you know like coming to a whole new country on the other side of the world and pretty much being completely abandoned which was my biggest fear you know like there was huge amounts of lying on the floor crying my eyes out that i needed to do before i could get to this point where i can do this and bring this light to the world um and, and the other beautiful thing was I downloaded at Christmas that um, these these paintings form light grids at heart level. So we have the light grids at high, like at crown level and higher above around the earth. And then we have our heart and it's like through our creations, it's like the extension of our heart chakra. And so when we're producing our creations, but whatever they are, it's like connecting the hearts around the world and 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 to me the paintings they're forming light grids wherever they are and that was a very clear message that came through to me that you know these works are light grids and not to worry about who has them and where they are but to trust that they're always in the right place at the right time with the right people and so that's super like, it's magical <laughs> it's like I feel super honored to be part of this and to be this channel for it, but I don't feel, it's, no, it's not me. It's just I'm able to completely get myself out of the way to do that. Mm. And if only I could do that in the rest of my life, <laughs> it would be awesome.
0: <laughs> what enables you to get out of the way when it comes to your art?
1: I think knowing enough about the process and seeing it with my own eyes when I'm in the way, as to when I'm out of the way like I can see very clearly on the paper the mess I'm making myself when I'm trying to control and I guess it's kind of like the metaphor for life isn't it it's like when we try and micromanage everything it's like we spend our whole time like grasping and clutching and everything and everything and trying to micromanage and all we're doing is making a bigger mess
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and you know, and I have this story that I want to write one day about a spider who is like she she weaves all these beautiful webs and but she's trying constantly for perfection. Instead of allowing the perfection to come, it's like she tries to just manipulate it and control it so much. She ends up with just like this great big knot. <laughs> and it's like and I think that's that's life, isn't it? And like it's learning that we can just step back and allow the magic to happen through us. And so, you know, I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of sleeping. I, You know, like I have to get myself out of the way a lot. <laughs> and, you know, one of my favorite things is like when I'm in a big creative project, like just actually how much time I get to nap and sleep because it's like, that's what takes me out of the way. And then I wake up or I come around for my meditation. I mean, I like to meditate and fall asleep at the same time. <laughs> but it's like, then I see the magic happening because it's like I'm just coming fresh to the canvas with no agenda of my own.
0: I, lo- I love that you use the power of napping.
1: <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I was like, I had a hairdresser's point this morning and it was like, oh, have I got time before I meet with Kelsey? <laughs> to have a quick nap. And I was like, no, not really. <laughs>
0: oh.
1: But it's like, you know, and I, I can almost feel sometimes my consciousness being taken out of this world, like I will suddenly go super sleepy, like almost narcolepsy sleep, sleepy, and it's like, I literally just feel like, no, we, you, you're needed to be doing something in a different dimension right now, or you're not needed in this dimension, and it would be like, boom, and I'm gone. Mm. And then I'll come round again, and I'm like, back in this dimension, I'm okay. <laughs> How have you always been like that? I guess yes, but never consciously until the last five years. So like when I moved to Montreal, that was when really the magic and the spirit started to happen for me. When like when my psychic and and spiritual gifts came through. And I don't think they're gifts. I honestly believe we are all born with these skills and we all have access to be. Telepathic to be intuitive to be an empath or whatever, but like just some of us are more open or we're more in a place where we can be. Like I've always known I was a spiritual being. I remember leaving my body for the first time at age eight, and I I went over the I was in a race on my bike. Nothing's changed, but in all these years, still love my bike. And I went over the handlebars and I knocked. um, I knocked all my front teeth out and pretty much like scraped my wrists and knees to shreds and and these were adult teeth as well. So and I at that point went straight up out of my body and watched myself be picked up by this girl from the neighborhood, carried home. I like watched the whole day and process, going to hospital, everything, even like even having the tetanus jab in my butt, like, I, I watched the whole thing from above. And and then I've, I've often left my body, um, and it, in my 20s, it used to really freak me out. I used to have a lot of panic attacks about it, and I would suddenly be like, everything felt like a dream, and it was... It was not reality. It was like suddenly it's like, oh my God, I could put my hand through this table and it would freak me out and I would really panic and leave my body. And as I've done the spiritual work and I've I've done all the research and, and understanding of how reality and energy and matter work, it's like, oh, I was getting glimpses into what is real actually. And I just, it scared the life out of me. So I wasn't, it was like at that point, my soul was giving me hints, but I wasn't mature, able to cope with it. So it, would, it literally almost sent me insane. Like it sent me into huge fear. Whereas now I have this level of maturity and understanding that I'm like, well, of course, like, like there's, there's no, like this is just energy. It's just energy vibrating at different densities. Of course, if I wanted to and believed, I could put my hands with this table. And like, but I'm choosing this 3D reality. So because there's work to be done here. What is your work to be done here? Yeah, stop figuring that out.
0: (laughs) Do you have to know what it is?
1: I don't know, no no flipping clue. (laughs) Honestly, sometimes I want to grab God by the foot of the neck and just go, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) Well, I love the fact that you you were brought to Montreal yeah it's like you had to do your your big you
1: had to return to art here you know what? it's so funny because we were due to go to australia and that fell through and then one day chris comes home and says what about montreal canada and i just i literally just went well that's okay then because that's my spiritual home and that's where i need to go heal and then i looked around in disbelief like who just said that like Who's just speaking for me? <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> and it was, just this, it, it, was like, it was like my soul just like leapt out of my voice and said, boom, that's your home. And, and the minute I stepped off the plane, it was like, boom, I'm home. And I never, ever, ever felt like England was my home. I never felt like I fitted in. I still don't. I still really struggle around British people. Like I've got a few British friends here and I'm okay with like, but I generally, I still don't associate with that culture and with, and I don't know what, it, what the difference is or what it is about this place, but it's a different feeling. And I don't think I would have ever been able to make the choices that I chose, which was to leave my marriage and which was to go back to art. Had I stayed in England? Cause it wouldn't have been the done thing to do. And You know, like I made the choice to be a single parent and leave a great guy, like a great guy, but I just didn't love him and I couldn't love him how he deserved to be loved. And so I, I made that, you know, I remember feeling like I was standing on the edge of a cliff with like all of the biggest fears, like in the shape of the biggest, scariest monster, like looming over me. And it was like, I just had to jump off that cliff. And uh, it took a very long time to realise that I'm not falling still and that I was actually kind of, I've been flying for a long time and and also also realising that, like, all I needed to do was actually just put my foot down onto solid ground and kind of just go, yes, I'm safe, I'm okay. How did you do that? (laughs) Um... (laughs) how am i doing it <laughs> i feel it's still a work in progress um, a lot of a lot of deep questioning in my faith and i got help you know i got I, there's a woman who does angel readings and i had help with her i met with another woman at channels the collective i think you know both of them and um, i had help with these and i've got you know and i've also sought mentors that can do the spiritual aspect as well as the business aspect And so I wasn't just, you know, like I I was, it was really important for me to sort of find a business that had that the capacity to hold what I am spiritually, because that to me is the work I'm here to do. Like I'm just at like work. I do a huge amount of energy work and clearing and holding space that doesn't get shown in the outside world. It doesn't get seen by anybody a lot of the healing I do, I'm always aware it's collective healing and that it's just that I'm bringing that level of consciousness to the collective and that that's my role here. And like what I, what I do outside of that, like my business and stuff is almost like just, it's like a play. It's like fun. (laughs) It's almost like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pretend that that's your real work, but like, you know, and and you and I'm still, I bring that into it. Like, so it's all the same stuff I do. And even when I talk to anyone in the street, it's like, you know, like come back to alignment with yourself. And I think that's the golden thread that runs through everything I've ever done and everything I've ever studied or thought or believed or created in my life.
0: How so? You told us a little bit about like your bike crash as a little kid then then what happened how did you like what's it like going through like your teenage years knowing you're a spiritual being
1: well i don't think i do you know it's 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 weird because i don't think i had consciousness that i knew so i just like i've always had this knowledge that i don't fit in or i'm not like other people Mm um and like when I was, I was pretty much raised by my older sister, God bless her to this day, like so grateful for that. Um, and then when I was eight, she left home, because she was 10 years older than me, and left me at home with like my next older sister and my younger brother. And they basically sort of turned on me at that point. And I really never understood why. By the time I was 14, I'd become really good friends with my older sister. And then we discovered nightlife and partying together. <laughs> Um, But I I never kind of, like, I always was the odd ball at school. Like, we, you know, like, we would get on with the cool girls and the girls that would likely beat us up if we didn't get on with them. And I remember learning very quickly to make friends with the people that would beat me up. (laughs) And so, like, kind of was, like, on the outskirts, like, you know, the bit of the indie kid. And, And I just have always done my own thing and been okay with that. Um, But then it was, I think when I went to university and I I remember reading Jonathan Livingston Siegel when I was like 17 and that just really struck a note. And by that point as well, I was doing a lot of drugs and doing a lot of hippie stuff. And so I was opening my life up to that. But again, it wasn't full consciousness until maybe my late, late, late 20s, 30s, 30s and 40s. 40 I'm only 41 (laughs) I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes in one
0: (laughs) I feel like you have too I feel like you have lived so many lives before this one
1: yeah I, I feel like that and I don't I feel like this isn't my first time by any means on planet earth but even in my own life I feel like I have reincarnated several times I feel like almost like then the high the next higher level of my soul has come in and it's like so it's very hard to remember like my past and my childhood and what happened like there's these key points but it sometimes is like looking at someone completely not me completely different and
0: yeah uh, that resonates so strongly with me i have a really hard time remembering like last week because that was a completely different time
1: Yes. And I feel as well, like as we progress on our spiritual enlightenment and as we become more and more aligned with our soul's calling and like our true soul, it's like we accelerate. It's not like life speeds up, but it's like the the processes accelerate. And so we're living in this highly accelerated thing. So I can literally feel sometimes like I've lived a lifetime in a day. Mm. And someone, like, I can see my partner in the evening and he'll be like, how was your day? And I'm like, I can't even remember the things I've done because each thing has been this whole huge spiritual up-leveling in and of itself, like every five minutes sometimes. And it's like, yes, <laughs> but oh, it's yes. a thing, it's a gift. It's such a beautiful thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, knowing that, I mean, I think there was that period where you feel a bit like a manic, like bipolar, because you're sort of up and down and up and down sometimes, but that's kind of better than where I was maybe five years ago, where the downs were like a good year or two or five years long, you know, and it was much harder to pull up, pull myself out and come back up. Whereas now it's like, whoosh, like,
0: <laughs> right, you're like a bouncy ball.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I want to back up to your life as a homeopath <laughs> okay
1: what, <laughs> what drew you to that funniest story I had a boyfriend at the time whose sister-in-law so she was married to his brother was a homeopath and one Christmas we the family were all together and I don't really know this woman she's like she's another sister-in-law of the family and and we, she decides she wants to go shopping in the Christmas sales. And I thought, well, I'd rather do that than hang out with like the the family, because I don't really know the family. And I thought, well, I'll go Christmas shopping with her in the sales. And and so I started talking to her and she told me her story. And she'd had chronic MS, was in a wheelchair, was on like, like an iron lung, told she was never gonna walk again and she'd have to have steroids. And she was being really bullied into taking steroids and everyone was sort of forcing her to go down that route. And then someone bought her a book called Alternative Ways to Deal with MS. And in there was a chapter on homeopathy and she found a homeopath who used to to be a doctor, a general practitioner. And then she cured herself with homeopathy and then became a homeopath. And so she worked, she was a homeopath. She also taught at the homeopathic college where they lived and her the reason why she'd married her husband was because he was the administrator at the college. And uh, so she'd met him there. And And I remember being fascinated by homeopathy and feeling like it made so much sense. And then my dad is a quantum physicist and a mathematician. And I have a very strong scientific brain as well as artistic brain. My brains are very equal. So I can equally go off like nerding on quantum physics as I can like going you know, wafting intense around in the crystals in the other direction. I can do both very easily. And one thing I've realized as I've got older is that me and my dad have come to like the same conclusions about life, the universe and everything, but from different points, it's almost like, you know, this sort of apple shaped like coming around to the center again. And I remember being in a petrol station in England and I saw a book on homeopathy that was like, $2.99, like maybe about $4 or something. And I bought it and I just started reading it and it made so much sense. And I still use that book more than any of the textbooks that I bought after that, like these huge volumes and I've still got my little $2.99. <laughs> and that's still my go-to guide whenever I need to know anything. Um, yeah, and so just curiosity. I literally followed that little breadcrumb trail of curiosity and whim. And I know that when I do that, that's when magic happens. So yes, that, yes. I, re- I just was reading like um, oh, someone shovelled the woman who wrote Game of Life and how to play it, and I was just reading one of her her other books, like the complete works, and she just said like she said something like never, never disrespect a hunch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and okay i have to hold on right now you're the third person in 24 hours to mention that book oh you've got to get it it's such a good book so apparently universe thank
1: you very much well it's it's very religious language heavy because she uses the scriptures she uses the bible as her she basically says like all the answers to spirituality you could ever ask for like they're in the bible Mm-hmm. but so the language is very bible-esque so you just have to get past that but there's another woman Tosha Silver who's written outrageous openness and it's not your money and change me prayers and, and another book I think and she again takes this it's the same premise she's completely you know takes what um the, in the game of life woman I can never remember her name Florence, Florence Shovel. Florence Shovel I think like, it's the same thing. It's the same theory. And, and actually, I read her, Tosha Silver's books back in February, and my life has completely turned around in three months by being able to offer. So she just talks about offering everything back to divinity. And everything, even our inability to let go, even our inability to to offer. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm so fucking angry that i like, I'm giving this to you, God. Like I I don't want to carry this. And and actually, like I think even in the Bible it says like, you know, like cast your burdens aside, like let God carry them for us. And yet we try and carry everything. And I have I have just stopped carrying anything. And I have had so much magic show up in my life in the last few months. And even to the point where one of the mornings, one of the nights, I was texting my guy so even he's coming to my life at this point and and I was just like oh I'd quite like to go for brunch tomorrow and then I was just like long well, for you God and then he just sends a text going do you want to go for brunch tomorrow and I was like ah, yeah and then I was like well oh, quite fancy a hike too and I was like one well, for you God and then he was like the next sentence was like do you want to go for a hike afterwards <laughs> and it was just like ah. <laughs> it's kind of magic
0: <laughs> that is amazing oh I love that
1: and it's funny because like there's certain things in my life that I'm still struggling to let go of every day like that are really huge stresses for me but I'm I am it's almost like this day my whole dialogue has changed from one of like how can i do this how can i do this to one of this is for you god this is for you god this is for you god <laughs> and the lightness that's coming into my life that i feel and and just this the, the, you know like it's not like I'm passing the buck because when I know, when I need to act, I know I act and I do it. And it's so different from the hustly acting of like, oh, you know, I've got to do this. And everyone talks about divine inspiration and I've always had it, but I've never felt it to the degree that I can now feel it since offering everything. How scary is it to offer things? you know what? It always was scary to surrender. I hated this word surrender and it felt to me like giving up. Offering feels so different. I literally just feel like I have this like Sherpa, <laughs> like a God Sherpa next to me who is literally just there to like whatever I need to pass. I, just, I literally just pass it off to my right and it's taken and dealt with. And sometimes all that happens is it gets passed back to my
0: lips because I realize
1: I've run around and grabbed it off him again. <laughs> but it's like, I, you know, there's certain things that I am offering, you know, 40 times a day because they're, they're things I've held on to for so long and I'm so attached to the outcome. But even that I'm offering, you know, like, I, you know, and I'll just say, like, God, I know I'm super freaking attached to this. Like, I'm offering my attachment to you. Like, let's just start with that.
0: (laughs) I'm just soaking in your words. It's so inspiring. I, too, am obsessed with Sasha Silver's work. And it feels so good to me. Just everything she says is like... It's like permission to breathe, kind of.
1: Yes, and that, that exhale... Like, I remember having to learn to inhale and to receive, but the exhale, it wasn't until I read Tasha's work that I did the exhale. And it was like, like, I don't need to carry this.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't know how it is that she words it, but there's something about the way she words it, that, again, for you, like, it just sunk in for me. And and she talks about it just being, like, a new way of life, and it's like a game. Like, just play it and see what happens and it was like, I and I had so much happen in the first two months, like, you know, lots of silly fun things like the hike and the brunch and, you know, but, you know, even now, like, I'm, I offer my orgasms, I offer my sex to God, like, I'll be in the middle of making love and I can feel my mind getting in there. And I'm like, no, like, I'm offering this back to God, like, I'm offering this to you, like, and... I offer my relationship, I offer any money that comes into me, I offer it back. Like, you know, made like this isn't mine. I'm just a custodian and a channel for whatever needs to happen through divine will. And it's just so releasing to be able to offer it all back. Even even my menstruation, like so I I'm I'm gonna talk about this because tomorrow I said I should talk about this when I'm out with the other day. But I'd started reconnecting with my yoni and doing yoni whispering, like really sort of tapping into my yoni and trying to reclaim this part of me. And part of that process has been sort of like being okay with my menstrual cycle. And so the last three times I had a period, I did um, a vaginal steam right at the end of it, um, which felt very sacred and beautiful. And it started because I'd had this really awful, like the worst period of my life ever, a few months, like three or four months back. And it was so bad. It It was as bad as giving birth. And I've given birth. And it was as, I was howling, unable to get up off the floor. And I ended up lying in my bed and I just went so into my womb. I put all of my attention into this sacred space within me and just breathed through basically that it was like a labor pain. It was so horrific. And I ended up just falling asleep and, and it was okay. And, and then it passed and it felt like, I don't know. It just felt like bringing such awareness to it. Well, so this has gone on for a couple of months and my period pains have got less and less well, then this last period that I just had. I remember watching something on, um, by Teal Swan about being in touch with our, uh, with our menstrual blood and how it used to be this really sacred fluid and it would never be deemed that we would just sling it away or throw it down the toilet or anything i have a little moon cup like a little silicon cup that i use so i i see my blood I, i tip it down the toilet and i'm always a bit grossed out by it and she was talking about doing a yoni blood painting basically and the minute i heard this i was like oh god I've got to do this (laughs) like I just I knew I had to do it and I was just like I really don't want to do that but I just knew I had to do it and it was so interesting how as I sat there with this little cup of my blood totally disgusted and shamed and grossed out by this beautiful sacred fluid that I had produced like Our blood contains, like, when we our period blood contains, like, all of our stem, like thousands of stem cells or whatever, like something crazy like that. It's super sacred. It's super nutritious. Like, we like in the olden days, it would be offered back to the earth. It was a sacred thing. And I sat there with this part of me. And again, this is back to me, you know, accepting all the parts of ourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm 41, and I honestly just had. The first period of my life that I've enjoyed, Mm. and I have my little painting. One of the paint I actually burnt two. So one I just was like, I don't know what I'm doing. This is so gross. And then and then I did a really beautiful one, and then I did I just literally covered the paper in my blood on the last one. And so the there's one beautiful one I've kept that I really like, and then the other two I I. I burnt and then I offered the ashes back to the earth. And then I tipped the remainder of that blood back to the earth and I offered it back to God. But then I was super conscious through my whole period. Like every time I emptied my little moon cup, I devoted it back to God and just said, this is for you, God. And it honestly was the most powerful and gentle healing I've ever had that was so quick. It was like literally this process of like disgust and shame and being, you know, quite horrified by the and grossed out to suddenly this beautiful acceptance and warmth like spilling over me of just like, this is who I am. I am a woman and I am a creator and I have the power of, like Zapood is regeneration and death every month. Like, whoa. No wonder men have like scared us into the submission for the two millennia.
0: <laughs> That's so powerful, Shirley. Thank
1: you for sharing that. Yeah. So I don't use my bloody many of my other paintings. <laughs> but I honestly recommend it. Like it's something you should try because it was super powerful. That's fascinating. And such a beautiful instantaneous healing because I feel that sometimes healing can be very traumatic yeah yeah There was nothing traumatic about this it was just like this almost like a, I felt like a hot chocolate had just gone down my insides and just like made everything all right again
0: but <laughs> oh what a beautiful image the whole yeah. thing is so beautiful yeah. and yeah it's I mean we It's death and rebirth every single month. Yeah. How cool is that?
1: Yeah. And we call it a curse. Hmm. We're so disassociated with our bodies and ourselves. And even if we think we're not, we're still, there is still this level of repulsion and shame that we have to like hide this. Yeah. And, you know, for me, that was super powerful to just kind of claim that part back and kind of say, this is me, this is who I am. And, you know, and I'm super lucky. I have a partner who was, he was like, I was able to share with him and he was able to appreciate it and not be grossed out himself. And like, it was, yeah. But like, I think it's sad. Like, I shouldn't be nearing menopause before I suddenly enjoy a part of my life as a woman. And I feel that as women, we are doing such a disjustice to ourselves with that. And so even if, even if like I never told this story and it was just me, I feel like I collectively did a huge healing for the collective with this work because that will ripple out. And even as I speak now, like that's even more powerful. It's like boom, 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 boom. Like- <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, all right. I'm just going to share this while we're recording. <laughs> I just got the hit that maybe there's something for you there in leading workshops or something along those lines
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, i've got a bit of work to do before i get to that level of comfort with it <laughs> but yeah i mean for me it's the same work it's it's that golden thread running through everything i do about bringing you back to yourself and that's what my paintings do they they reflect back your highest version of yourself, your highest essence so that you have no choice, but and they almost hold you to it. You know, like I can see the transformations happening in the people that have my paintings. It's like, it's like, get out of the way you like world. Cause like this, this, the energy is coming through whether you like it or not. And most of it, you know, and it's always a, yes, I do like the actual final thing. It's like, and you, they hold the highest essence because it's like, we, are embracing all the parts of ourselves and that's from the anger or the shame or whatever to our own menstrual blood and all of that stuff like it's like no we need to reclaim that and reclaim who we are Mm. and no one's going to give that us we have to do that ourselves and we get helpers like you yes people who can hold that image and hold that higher vibration And then, then it's like the rest is easy. You know, so what my paintings do is what a coach does, but I don't have to be in the room.
0: (laughs) And I have no idea what a painting, because I haven't asked you for a painting yet. Um, But I have no idea what it would look like. And I imagine you have no idea what it would
1: look like yet. No, and it's so interesting, because it's like, I don't have much idea and then the downloads start happening and then I start getting the hits. And so the one woman that I just worked with, it was like, she'd said she wanted a painting and then she'd sat on it. And then I, I just like carried on doing what I do and not really thinking about it. And then suddenly I started getting download after download after download. And I literally just had to message her and just say like, Uh, I think your spirits are wanting some movement here (laughs) like I feel like because I'm getting all these downloads Uh, we got on zoom Zoom, so (laughs) we got on zoom and had a quick chat Um, and everything I downloaded was what she had in her mind even with the exact sacred geometric form that she wanted on her painting and it was just super interesting like you know, like to me, it's super magical. And even as I'm painting it, I mean, there's always this terrible period between like the first paint stroke and the end. where <laughs> It looks awful. <laughs> and I, I share it on Facebook. I share the process. I'm not ashamed of the crappy middle bit because isn't that how most of us live our life? Yes. Like, <laughs> Are we all the crappy middle bit most of the time, like just trying our best and So I share the crappy middle bit, but yeah, it it makes me cringe and heave sometimes. But I know that that's me being in the way. Mm. Yes. Like just get myself out of the way and trust, 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 because it always comes good and it's always more beautiful than I could ever imagine. Trust like a mofo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my life's work now is bringing that into my life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah so how does it show up how is it showing up in your artwork but you say not showing up in your life and I'm already going to disagree with that because the way you were talking about offering
1: oh it is that you know like so I I have consciously since February been bringing this into my life so very consciously trying to have that same mindset and Tosha Silver's book massively, massively helped me with that. I mean, I've read it now three times, I think, and I keep going back to the set, like, because, because now I am able to bring it into my life. And, in, and I can even see with, even with the huge things that freak me out massively and have caused me a huge amount of stress, um, like my current status of whether I can stay here or not. Um, I'm just aware that I've clung so tightly for those and I'm so attached to the outcome that that's like, that's a minute by minute process of offering and maybe it's just going to take longer to fix because there's so much, I'm so much more attached to that than whether I have brunch and a hike. (laughs) Right. It's like, you know, each finger
0: has to be plied off.
1: Yeah. And then while I'm plying those off, I've grabbed hold with the left hand again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then the toes. You, the yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it's and that's okay. And so I offer that. And mm-hmm. I offer that okay, I'm clinging. I'm offering my clinging. Let it be of service. <laughs> Here's for you. Like, you know, and it's so I, I you know, and I'm really starting to see the changes happening. And how that happens. And even with the kind of clients that I'm pulling in, you know, it seems, it just seems so much more in alignment than when I was trying to do it on my own. And it just felt like a big shambly, hustling mess that never moved anywhere. So even now I've just taken on the most beautiful project of like producing these seven sacred mandalas that Uh, Will be representative of each musical tone in the Indian scale musical scale, and they will be each will be like a meditation mandala in in and of itself that will go along with the meditation that the woman's going to record with the sound and the tone of the thing. So it's a very beautiful and in alignment project for me, you know. So, and I've always I've always. Um, been very steadfast in who I work with in the sense that I will never work with anyone I don't feel I can give pure love and 100% of my own energy to like if there's no if I'm not feeling the love I won't take the project on I won't take the client on because I'm doing them no service whereas you know, so it's, it's, it's cool. It's exciting. But there's so much doubt still, you know, like I've been drawing this this week and I'm like, I don't know how to draw a mandala. <laughs> and then I just went to the toilet and I have a picture of a heart that I made for one of my books. It's made out of all the animals. And I was like, huh, if I can paint that, I can do a mandala. You know, and it was just like, you know, we have to remember. and Always. never have it figured out. I think we think that, like, when we hit this magical, spiritual holy grail, it will all make sense and we'll have it figured out. <laughs> because we're here to learn, learn and grow. And so, like, if we just hit this level, like, how boring.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, We have to, like, keep falling down remembering and trying again.
1: Yeah. And, it, and to offering. me, it's like we're constantly spiraling on up and... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've talked about this with you before with the like how that's also like the periodic table. It's like we have this from birth, like through to death, and we just constantly spiral on up, and it's like the seven layers of consciousness there's like seven below they talk about and seven up, but it's all the same there's this, this constant spiraling so even if we think we've fallen down the same hole again, and so this is this is how I used to see it like with with when I was treating patients with homeopathy too it's like It's like a record going round and round, but like imagine it spiralling up, but there's a groove, there's a hole, like a scratch on the record. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. In the old days (laughs) when we had records and record players (laughs) and the needle gets stuck in the scratch and would keep jumping. And so to me, it's like we just have this like little groove that will be our thing that trips us up. So for me, it's abandonment and, and feeling abandoned and, and I'll keep coming back to that and it will never like, does it heal? I think it gets, it does heal, but there's so many different layers and levels to it. And so that's when I also feel like you reach a certain level of evolving upwards that you then start on the collective. And so then that will keep coming up again, but it's like, to me, then it becomes very like, this is collective healing. This isn't me now. This is, this is my trigger, but, This is so much deeper than my lifetime, I feel, that it's like I'm doing this in all directions of space and time and for all the collective. And that's a beautiful gift to have.
0: How do you, what's the difference? Like, how does it feel different for you when it's for you or for the collective?
1: I feel there's less victim. Mm. And also, I can very quickly change victim mentality even by just declaring it's for the collective and i can just i can just hold that space and because and again i think because i've always had this awareness that life is bigger than me and that that there is this like i am one with everything and i'm you know it's that's always been this kind of default setting, so i'm able to i think kind of realize that as a truth, so that when I am in in the throes and don't get me wrong i 'm no flipping saint like i 'll roll around tantruming like the best of them <laughs> clinging to victim mentality i mean that's one of my best things I do like I should have an award for being a victim <laughs> like but i'm then able to realize that the deeper truth is that there is a collective here. And so even if, even if I don't feel that I can remember that. And then it sort of pulls me up out of it Mm. or it just, it becomes less personal. Right. It's less about God punishing me and more about me doing some important work here. And so that just automatically gets the ego like shifted.
0: Yeah, that's actually, in terms of the seven energy levels, that's an easy way to step from level one to level four. Yeah. Level one is victimy. Level four is doing things for others, healing others, serving others.
1: Yeah. And I just, I feel like you just naturally, when you've revisited the same uh, again and again, over and over again, it's like you just get to a point where, you kind of know that you've dealt with this enough that like there is only one other explanation for this still showing up which is that this is your thing this is what you're helping heal and you know lucky you you've had lots of practice
0: <laughs> yeah, you've been training for this
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so get on with it <laughs> go deep down like you know and, and feel it mm. like don't try and you know, I love Brene Brown's uh rising strong, I think it's called Rising Strong book, but like, you know, where she talks about when you're face down in the dirt, like just stop there and have a look around because that's where the magic is. And you know, like I think we're so keen when we dip to like bolt back up again. But that dip's so special. That dip is so invaluable and and, like, that's where all the gems are. The gems are hidden deep in the earth. Yeah. We're not walking around bouncing into diamonds, like, on our know. faces. Like, we got to dig deep for that shit. So it's no different in life.
0: Oh, I We're going to end it right there because
1: that was <laughs> just so good. Oh,
0: lovely. <laughs> and honestly, I want to keep going, but... <laughs>
1: I Maybe now want know. to live in a world like a computer game where I just bang into diamonds on my head. <laughs> but
0: you can't see them. Go you. A little ding. <laughs> uh Shirley, if people want to read your books, look at your pictures, get a painting from you, be in your energy, experience your magic, where do they go? How do they get in t-
1: contact with you? So I'm Shirley Harvey pretty much everywhere, (laughs) all my books are only on Amazon now, Um, Shirley Harvey, um, they're not, I've never marketed them so they really are not the easiest to find but they're called Love, Joy, Grow, Be and uh, something else. loss (laughs) loss i have one and lost, and then i have a book about dogs dying to like about the gifts that dogs bring to us like doggy medicine which can really help families who've lost a dog called more than a best friend my website shirleyharvey.com is where all my art is and that's really where all my focus is at the moment um and yeah i'm face facebook as well like befriend me if you want (laughs) i do a lot more on my personal than i do on my Page these days because it's just I don't know just who I am and get more reach and it's just nicer
0: I feel yeah. oh my goodness I love you so much thank oh, you thank, thank you, you thank you thank you for so much magic that you just brought to me all of those reminders really <laughs> um they were for me thank you awesome. I'm going to receive them all Yay. <laughs> and I want more and I'm hoping that <laughs> and imagining that somebody listening is also feeling like they are very much for them. Thank you. Awesome. You are such a gift.
1: Well, I want you all to do your yogi blood paintings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe this is my thing. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> and uh, thank you for always, I, whenever I'm struggling when I'm running or swimming, I see you and I'm like, Kelsey would keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, in a Kelsey. <laughs> I love it. Thank you,
0: darling. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you friends. Go forth and be awesome.